in one of our recent episodes, we had a great conversation with Xander Newville, who was a really great football player for Wisconsin and a great student who is now in medical school at Northwestern University. Xander talked for part of his uh, discussion about his relationship with Coach John Kronkowitz at Wapaka High School as he was growing up. He said he grew up in the same neighborhood with Coach Kronk and always respected him and grew so much from him. This episode is a, a re-edited version of a, a conversation I had with Coach Kronk a couple months ago. And I put it here purposefully because I think as we think about coaching, one of the most common things we've heard over the months we've been learning from coaches is that it's not just a one-way deal. It's a relationship. It's a relationship between the, the coaches and the players and the other people in the community. So it's really, I think, meaningful to have Xander's interview paired with Coach Kronk's interview and to hear from both of them. They both had such an influence in Wapaka and beyond. They both have flourished in many places and they both have impacted um, a lot of people. So as we continue on learning about coaching and football in the state of Wisconsin, um, I want to just again thank Coach Kronkowitz for his time he spent with us earlier. He's been really an inspirational leader for so many years, and I learned so much from him in this interview we had and just have a great admiration for him, and I think he's a great model for young coaches to follow. Thanks, Coach Kronk, and thanks, Xander, both for your time on the Sport and the Growing Good podcast. Well, I can tell you that sports have always been important to me, and I can't really tell you how it all began. I I have three sisters, uh, a dad who didn't really care all that much about athletics. I guess uh, my mom was the rock that I turned to most often. I can't, I think I kind of blazed my own trail, so to speak, you know, from playing in the backyard to developing friends who were interested. I played three sports in high school and was fortunate enough to have uh, pretty good coaches, including Jerry Schlimm, who is a Wisconsin Hall of Fame member. Uh, after that, I went to college, UW Oshkosh. I played football for Russ Young, who is also a Wisconsin Hall of Fame member. After that, I landed in uh, Wapaka, Wisconsin, and that's where I spent my entire career, you know, first as an assistant in three sports and eventually becoming the head coach in football and baseball coach when you said you blazed your own path um do you do you mean that when you were a kid it was something that you sought out kind of on your own and made work on your own <laughs> yeah absolutely you know i find it interesting that if you look at families and you look at athletes that come out of families you'd be surprised sometimes that some of the best athletes come from families that uh uh weren't very athletic themselves and I think I was one of those kids you know that for some reason having a ball and, and competing became an 
important part of my life. And uh, I grew up on a small hobby farm. I was out in the country about three miles. I was pretty isolated. So, you know, the ball thrown up against the silo, the basketball shot against the, the barn wall, all those things became what I did until I got old enough to ride my bike into town and play with others. <laughs> it's funny that I was speaking with uh, Coach Larson um, recently, and he mentioned growing up on a farm had a big, he grew up on a dairy farm. Yeah. He said that had a big impact on just uh, kind of the values he learned. And did that make a difference where where you grew up in terms of your outlook on leading and coaching and teaching? Well, I think wherever you grow up always has an impact on, on how you're going to be, you know, the environment you come from, wherever that is. You know, I grew up in a small town, grew up on a farm. Uh, that makes a difference. Kids who grew up in the inner city, uh, they, they live a different life than we did. So, I mean, your values have to come from someplace. And I think, you know, just the way you were brought up and how you were brought up and who you were brought up with makes a difference. When I read over your list of accomplishments, it's very long, Coach, and it's hard to uh, – I wouldn't even have time to ask you about all those things, but I know there's a lot that underlies – the many successes on the field you've had and a lot of that was off the field um the way you developed relationships um can you talk about coach when you when you first came into maybe wapaka when when you first arrived at the community and started the, your position as a coach what were some of your early priorities as, as you came into wapaka and why did you choose to focus your energies in those ways well, I think the passion for sports and and competition just was always within me, you know. So when I got to Wapaka and had the opportunity to step in and coach, that's what I wanted to do. I, I liked being around young people. I liked, uh, you know, just being part of different programs. I think when I became the head coach, one of the things I wanted to do, first of all, was try to create a positive environment for the kids to participate in. If you ask young people why they they play, the first words out of their mouth usually is to have fun. So I always wanted to create an environment in which you could have some fun. Now, going beyond that, I think I worked pretty hard at developing the proper work ethic. I always wanted kids to be fundamentally strong. I always wanted them to maximize their potential, you know, to get bigger, to get faster, to get stronger. I always wanted them, you know, in football to be physical and to compete. I always wanted them to kind of develop a tradition that they could be part of. You know, when they left the program, I wanted them to take something beyond the sport that they could use for the rest of their lives. This idea of, of a positive and fun environment, Coach, were there examples of things that, you know, actually um, aimed at that? Because sometimes oh, football sure. can take the other, you know, it can take the other direction also because it is a tough game and it's a hard game and it's a difficult game. How did you 
specifically aim to keep it fun and positive? Well, we always had, you know, our beginnings of practice, our stretch period was more of a conversation period of what's going on, you know, what's going on in school, how was your day, you know, some of the things that happened, some of the funny things that happened, you know, and then after practice, we would always try to meet, we would always meet after every practice, after every game, and uh, we tried to leave the, the field in a kind of a positive mood, you know, the key words were, we always ended with attitude, character, enthusiasm, team those became words that became very important to our program uh, I, I think if you ask most of the kids that played for me particularly in football they'll say they remember those words uh, as a school teacher I, I taught social studies Friday was always game day and uh, I had a student who brought in an old 45 record it was beach boys be true to your school and that became a tradition on fridays at the end of every class i'd get out this old phonograph <laughs> and put that 45 on and turn it up so you not only heard it in like my room but you would hear it down the halls <laughs> quite a ways so i think the kids you know appreciated that as well and football became you know something that uh everybody could relate to you know students in class it was important for them and uh it was fun to do the whole idea of enthusiasm in football um it seems like i didn't grow up playing football um, but i've gotten a chance to be around football a fair amount in recent years and there is a lot of enthusiasm sometimes it can come across as authentic and sometimes not you know, in terms of a lot of fire up speeches and a lot of um, a lot of enthusiasm that maybe doesn't have a lot underlying it, um, is that how do you foster enthusiasm in a kind of a sustainable, authentic way? Well, I think you have to be yourself. You know, I don't think you can fake it. Uh, I think you truly have to have a passion for the game. You know, and as coaches, I think that's the role model that you want to develop. You know, I loved being at practice. Uh, we spent a lot of time on the practice field. Some of our practices were probably too long. But, uh, you know, me personally, I couldn't think of a better place to be. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wanted players to feel like this was uh, a home away from home a place where you could forget about everything else and, and just focus at the task at hand and I think uh, you know those environments uh, that's what we wanted coach were you always um, comfortable in your own kind of skin as a coach in terms of you said being who you are um, again I think that's a challenge for a lot of young coaches is feeling like they have to be um, someone that they're not, whether that means becoming a yeller or um, being someone that they're not. Um, how did you figure out who you were as a coach? Well, I think it just kind of came naturally to me. You know, I've kind of come to the conclusion that coaching was one thing that the Lord gave me a gift in, how to relate to people and how to relate to young men and and 
get the most out of them. You know, there's always, there's always, I think, a little resistance. You never, as people, we never want to go or reach as far as we could possibly grasp. And I was always pushing to take the extra step, to go the extra mile, to do the extra rep, uh, just because that's kind of how I was, you know, as a person. So I think it was easier for me than maybe it is for some others. I've had the pleasure of uh, getting to know and work with one of your former players a little bit with Xander Newville, who's been, he's a, he's an impressive young man that played football at Wisconsin and is just a really smart guy heading off to medical school. And I know he was a, a really talented athlete at, at, and you've had just many, many super talented athletes over the years. So w one thing that Xander mentioned to you that to me about you was that you were really good at finding roles for every player. Um, you know, whether it's someone who's a star like like he was, he didn't he didn't refer to himself in that way, but he he said that it was something you were able to you know every kid find something that they could do that was meaningful to the team. Is that something that you purposefully thought about finding a specific niche for each kid? Absolutely. You know, having been a player and gone through the ups and downs of being a player and not always being a star athlete, I always wanted to find a, a place where all players thought that they had a role. You know, if you spend four years in our program and you can get on the field, that's a failure on the part of the coaches and the coaching staff. Because if, if you do the right things and, and work at becoming the player we want you to be, we owe it to you to get you on the field. And... You know, we played as many kids as we possibly could play. We didn't always two platoon because we were a school that, you know, had that marginal number, so to speak, so we couldn't. But we played as many kids as we possibly could because I understood that what was important was playing. And that's why kids come out. And that's why you want them to come out and no coach can coach unless they have players on the field. So you have to work with those players, make them feel comfortable, make them feel needed, make them feel wanted. And, uh, that's what we always try to do. It seems like, especially in recent years, uh, the interactions that coaches have with parents have changed based on just my own experiences and, and also just lots of conversation with coaches. Um, and that that relationship with parents is especially important. Um, are, are there certain strategies or um, kind of ideas that you had over the years about working with parents that were especially useful to you? Well, I think what you try to do is you try to always act in the best interests of their child. You, that's what they're most concerned about. So... Like I said, you have to you have to try to prove to the parents that you that you want what's best for their 
young son, so to speak. You have to try to find a place for him to fit in and contribute. You have to be honest and you have to be caring. You know, it's not like you can't get on players. I'm sure Xander told you that I got on them plenty. Uh, you know, we had star players, but we didn't necessarily have stars, so to speak. Everybody was treated as fairly as possible. I think uh, that makes a difference. I think if you have success, it gives your program a little bit more credibility with the parents, in all honesty. Uh, I think it's a little harder in today's world because parents have a much more vested interest in their in their sons and daughters you know they've taken them to camps they've gotten special tutors or instructors so they think they they know more <laughs> so i think as a coach today you have to you have to kind of fight that maybe a little bit more than i did as i was coming through you know, the programs and the years. Uh, it's hard, but I think, you know, you still have to go back to, you have to care for their their sons. You have to care for their daughters. And you try to do what's best for them. And you try to remember that the purpose of you coaching is to provide a service, not necessarily to to enhance your own ambitions, so to speak, you know, uh, we're glad of the success and happy with the success that we were able to have, but we're happier being able to put good people, successful people out in society. It seems like the two clearly relate, uh, you, because you've, you've, I'm reading some of the Outcomes, 22 conference titles, including uh, 13 in a row at one point, which is really remarkable in terms of on-field success. Is there something about sustaining success in terms of victory on the field, Coach, that is a, a particular challenge that you thought about over the years? Well, good players and good coaches usually lead to success. But I think you just have to keep working at it. You can't stay in the same place. You can't be stagnant. You constantly have to evaluate, make adjustments, continue to learn, reach out, do all those things. You know, once we laid the foundation, you know, we just tried to build on it. I always told my guys, you know, there's a fine line between success and failure. There's a fine line between winning and losing. We were just constantly working to stay above that line, so to speak. You know, losing can become a habit. Winning can become a habit as well. And we always tried to stay on the side of, you know, the positive there. As, as you won over the years and as you were there, you know, for such a such a long stretch, coach for forty years at the high school, your your profile in the community certainly just was very significant. You were not just the football coach and the baseball coach, but um, 
probably the most visible person in the community. Um, did, did your view self view of what, what your role in the community was change over those years as, as you became more of a bedrock in the community? Oh, I think, you know, as time went on, I began to realize, you know, that, uh, I was playing a more significant role just because of the success of our programs, so to speak. You know, I always wanted community involvement from the very beginning. I wanted football and, and in particular and even baseball. I wanted it. I wanted them to be programs that the community could be proud of. You know, I wanted people to come to our games. We were fortunate to have a radio station in town that that broadcast all of our games. So, you know, we had a lot of fans that listened in on the radio. So I think that was always important. You know, I wanted, if people traveled outside of Wapaka, I wanted, uh, you know, if, if our programs came up, I wanted people to hear positives, you know, about how we conducted ourselves, how we played the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I was always proud of what we developed over the course of those many, many years, for sure. We were talking at the beginning, right at the beginning of our conversation here about how um, information is more and more available these days for young coaches and maybe you know even 10 years ago or 20 years ago if you wanted to learn something you had to go travel to a place or you had to go to the library even and get a book about that a coach wrote now there's so much information out there um do you have recommendations coach for 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 young people who are learning the craft of coaching about how to decide what information to make use of. In other words, there's lots of good ideas, but not all are for everyone. How, how, do, how should people know what to use and what to try to implement in their own work? Well, I think what you do is you gather as much information as you possibly can from as many different sources as you can come up with. You know, once you build that foundation of information, then you have to start to weed through it and, and figure out what parts of it you can incorporate into your program. You can digest within yourself, you know, to make your, your yourself better. I think there's a, you know, I think there's a growing process. You know, I think young coaches initially are, are, grasping at straws they want to put their hands on everything that they can because i know i did the same thing but eventually you have to kind of narrow those choices down and get them to where you're comfortable you know it becomes who you are and what you stand for you can learn from a lot of people throughout your career you know it's not something that ends uh, i'm fortunate enough to still be involved in coaching you know since my retirement i've i've moved closer to family and 
my son Mike is a defensive coordinator in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. So, you know, I can still volunteer my time and get out on the field. I just don't have to take responsibility for all the <laughs> all the things that that go into it. You know, I can just enjoy the kids and help out where wherever I can, and and that's been a blessing for me. Uh, so. I think if you truly, truly, you know, just keep working at it, you'll figure it out. You know, for some, it might take longer than others. But if you're not satisfied, if you still have that passion to keep moving forward, I think everybody's got an opportunity to to become a pretty good coach. They may not always have success. Maybe that's now what's truly, truly important is the winning. But, uh, you know, what's important is doing the best you can and setting the right example to kids because they need that today. Uh, those are all positives. It's been fascinating for me to speak with coaches and to hear about the networks of relationships that a lot of coaches have throughout the state. One of the coaches, Mark Lusick, coached, said – coached with you and learned so much from you and he's you know been so successful at Amherst um when you see a coach one like like Mark one of your former coaches um having so much success um what is what is the nature of your relationship with a coach like Mark do you still keep in touch and do you learn from your former coach coaches like like Mark I'm I'm extremely proud of of Mark. He's a personal friend of mine. You know, uh, I know his coaching staff very well. Uh, Doug Spadoni, Rudy Page, they were former assistants of mine at Wapaka. You know, they've gone to Amherst and, and had obviously great success. So I couldn't be prouder of them. Uh, you know, as a coach and as a parent, you just want the people that you're associated with to have success, you know? So I have former players and former students who have gone out and, you know, have, have had great success. That makes you proud. I mean, that's really the reason you're in the teaching profession. That's really the reason you're in the coaching profession. You know, I, I, I love it when I see success, you know, um, my own sons, I'm proud of them. Uh, Mark and Mike, they have wonderful families, good jobs, uh, blessed with five grandchildren. So I'm still pretty lucky and, and, and feel, fortunate to you know been in a profession where where it's not always the money that counts it's all the other things that make your life worthwhile i have a son named michael and mark also so it's good uh, i feel uh, <laughs> I, I must have good taste you must have you. good taste <laughs> <laughs> um uh coach i relating to what you're just saying one of the things that's always fascinated me in looking at like some of the famous coaches in like the NFL or whatever is you see it like the Patriots, for example, and you'll see, you know, everything is so successful and they, they do so well. But a lot of those 
assistant coaches who coach there, um, they're, they have a hard time replicating it when they go somewhere else. So that's, that's fascinating to me how your, some of your former, whether it's your own kids or your guys who have coached with you have been able to do that quite well. Um, do you have any insights on that and why some are able to do that so well and some are not? That's a difficult question. You know, if, if you truly had the answer to that question, you could probably make yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there are a lot of good coaches. I think there are very few great coaches. And I think the great coaches have that little something that separates them from the rest of the pack. Uh, I can't really put a finger on it. And I don't really think that anybody can, but you know, it's not always the knowledge that you portray. It, it's it's being able to work with people and somehow getting them to to move in the same direction. Whether you're in politics or medicine or you know business or athletics. I think those people are special, you know, so you, you, you keep looking for them because they can make a true difference. My last question for you, Coach, is uh, relates to being in the state of Wisconsin, and you've been in various different parts of the state, but is there anything unique in your from your perspective about Wisconsin football and coaching in Wisconsin is there is there an identity to it that is makes it extra um, special in any way well I think Wisconsin is known best I think not only for the quality of play because I think the quality of play is outstanding in the state of Wisconsin uh, I don't know if we're necessarily known for the quality of athlete you know the elite kind of people that uh, California Florida Texas Ohio even Pennsylvania that they get credit for but Wisconsin kids have uh, I think a pretty good work ethic they have a you know desire to to do what's right most of the time and I think maybe that's what separates them from the rest of you know the group so to speak I think you know if you have a kid from Wisconsin that comes to your program you're going to get a kid that's for the most part willing to put in the time willing to go the extra mile be a good teammate you know compete at a high level